Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where we went around town sampling church billboards the other day. And this is what they said. Don't give up. Moses was once a basket case too. <laughs> and another one we drove by said this. Come early for a good seat in the back. <laughs> Still another one said, life has many choices. Eternity has only two. Choose wisely. <laughs> and the last one said, the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led Christians everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on Calvary, and look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that Your Holy Spirit speak through us today and connect with the spirits of those who are listening. We want Your voice and Your will to be heard today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is Lufting in God. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing really well today. It's beautiful. I think spring is on its way to round town. We hope. We can yes, only hope. Can. <laughs> now, I'm going to have to explain to our listeners what lufting is. That's right. I used to sail boats. And on these sailboats, you would have to change course every once in a while to catch the wind to go on a straight line to your destination. So what you do is you'd let the sail move as the boat turned around. And while you were turning around, the wind would be straight on, so there wouldn't be any way for the sail to catch the wind. It would just sit there and luft. They call it lufting, you know, it's just like... Just move back and forth really yeah, fast? Yeah, really oh. frantically, you know. Uh -huh. And the front of your boat would eventually move over to left or right, and then it would catch the wind again, and the sails would fill out and everything would be fine. Oh. But during that time of lufting, it was very dramatic. And depending on how fast the wind was, it could be pretty scary. Mm. So what we're going to talk about today is how when God changes direction in your life, he wants you to go to a different tack, which is what they call it. There will be lufting. Mm. There will be a time of uncertainty, a time where you're just kind of batting back and forth in the breeze of God. You're not really knowing where you're going. There's nothing catching in your sails. You're just lofting. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Christy? That's really interesting. I'm really excited to talk about this because very often we think when we're following God, it should be smooth sailing. There shouldn't be any bumps. There shouldn't be any rough waters. It's just I'm stepping into the will of God. I'm obeying him, so all will be well. Right. But what we need to remember is that probably none of us have lived our lives from the beginning completely in line with the perfect will of God for our lives. So to whatever degree we're off, there's going to be some redirecting. And the winds that have been blowing us in one direction have been powerful. And when God gets a hold of us and says, come with me, we're going to go this way, you got to understand those winds that have been blowing you in that direction aren't going to stop. Nothing's going to cease 
from propelling you on the path you were on just because right. you've decided to align with God. And there's a lot of times a battle. There's a battle spiritually, for sure, where the enemy doesn't want you aligned with God because it makes you powerful, it makes you successful, it makes you healthy, it makes you whole, it makes you happy. It accomplishes the will of God on this earth, and the enemy does not want you there. The other thing is our natural minds have taught us to think about things in a certain way. And aligning with God very often means that you have to rethink things. You have to think about things from God's perspective instead of your own. You have to get out of your natural mind of thinking and be led by your spirit and let your mind interpret what the spirit is saying. And a lot of times it's very different than what we thought about things or what we believed about things. So the combination of those two things, there's a real change. And it feels really uncomfortable sometimes. It's difficult to really grab hold of what God wants and then move in that direction. We always expect that it's going to be really good, and it will ultimately be good, because once those sails turn and they catch that new wind that's taking them in the other direction, whoosh, it just goes off freely. The problem is when we get into that lufting experience with God, we tend to feel like, number one, we've made a mistake. This can't be right because this is too difficult. Number two, we don't want it because we think that's a sign of how life is going to be from here on out. Three, we just might be getting resistance from people and we are too much of a people pleaser and we want to please man rather than God. There's a lot of variables in there, but the tendency is when we're in that lufting in God is to give up and to say, forget it. I'm just going to go back to where it was easy. This is too hard. We think that the lufting is the way life is going to be from now on. And we want to go back to where it's easy when we turned the first direction the wind took us. But the truth is it's going to be much better once you get to the new direction. It's just going to take some time of trust in God and to hold on and don't give up in those hard times is what we want to encourage you to do today. Yeah. You know, the wind in the ocean is very rarely blowing precisely how you want it to go. So instead of going a straight line to your destination, you kind of have to do little sidetracks and then change and go a little bit to the right to get to that destination that's on your chart. So when the wind is blowing not in the right place, you have to change your direction. And that's often a very difficult thing for people to realize. But in my life, what I've experienced is that I've gone here, then God had told me just to go there, and then again, he said, go over there. And my life is not a straight beeline That's to right. God. I've had to go different directions in order to make headway towards that destination. But then I would have to change direction so I still be pointed where God wants me to go. And I think that in our natural minds, we have this idea that God's just going to take us from A to B right away. Mm-hmm. Very straight line with no difficulty. No difficulties, yep. And We'll get there very, very reasonably. But the truth is, the world is so in rebellion to God. In order to get to where God wants you to be, you have to go in the valleys. You have to go into the high mountains. You have to go by a stream. You have to go through a desert. you got to go around big rocks. It's not a straight line to where God wants you to go. Not because he doesn't want to take you there quickly. It's because there's obstacles Mm -hmm. between you and where God wants you to be. So... Oftentimes, when you're making a change in your life, you feel this uncertainty. You feel like, oh, where am I going? What is this going to be like? And you have to trust that if you go in the direction that God's leading you, that the wind is going to catch your sail. That's right. And I encourage you that if you're lefting in God right now, trust him. Know that his wind is going to catch your sail real soon. And just allow him to change your course to where he wants you to be. That's right. To not resist what God is doing is the key. 
And the obstacles that are in our way are sometimes brought by the enemy. Sometimes they're just natural world things. Sometimes they're other people. Sometimes they're our own issues that we have to work through before we can freely flow in what God has. And coming out of a misaligned life with God into an aligned life with God is not an overnight transition, and it's not always easy. Our hearts have to be set to do what God wants and to trust that He's going to bring about good. The nature of God is that usually He will give you a promise and a picture of where He's taking you. And then you'll understand there's some difficulty, there's a wilderness to travel through, but the promised land is coming. But even if you don't know clearly what God's going to do, hearing His voice and obeying what He says is going to get you there. We always encourage our listeners to listen to God and hear Him for yourself and do what He tells you to do. And what we have experienced and what we've heard testimony from other people is that God doesn't often explain why decision B is better than decision A if we don't understand. We heard the testimony of a woman today who told us that years ago she was looking for a job. She really wanted a full-time job. She had two job offers. One was a full-time, close to home. Another one was about 30 minutes away, and it was part-time. And she sought the Lord about it, assuming that he was going to say, take the full-time. She wanted a full-time. It was closer. It made absolutely great sense to be in that job. But when she prayed, God said, no, take the part-time job that was a half hour away. Didn't make any sense to her. But then she said, okay, I'm just going to do what you said. And she did it. She only worked part-time for a month, and then they immediately moved her to full-time, where she was making more money than she would have in the other full-time position. And she got tremendous benefits. She had a health crisis coming that she didn't foresee. And because she had the good insurance, she was able to get that taken care of. God could have told her when she was asking, I want you to go to this place for part-time because this is what's going to happen. And then she would be reassured and she would say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'll do that. But most of the time, God doesn't want to do that because he wants us to trust him. He just told her, take this job. Okay, doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to obey God. And God was very pleased with her trust and her obedience and then blessed her because of that. That seems to be the way that God moves. God called David to be king when he was very, very young. And you would think, here I am, I'm anointed. I have the anointing of God on my life to be the king of Israel. Yeah. But the next 15 or so years, he spent in a lot of difficulties running for his life, hiding in caves and fighting people that wanted him dead. That's not what you would expect for someone who has just been anointed to be king. But that's kind of the way that things tend to work in our life. David had a really long, lofting experience. Hopefully, ours are not that long. But whatever God needs to do to get circumstances and situations switched so that we can be on the path that he wants, we need to yield to him and just allow him to do what he needs to do. Yeah, my life is just a series of crazy zigzags back and forth. And, you know, people looking from the outside would look and say, what is wrong with you? (laughs) I left a successful business virtually overnight and went and did what God wanted me to do across the United States and came back to two bankrupt companies. You're expecting, okay, God's going to come in at the last mm-hmm. minute and he's going to just do a miracle and everything's going to be right because I obey God. Right. I did what he wanted <laughs> me to do. And so naturally God will hold up. God absolutely didn't. And people were looking at me and said, well, you kind of got what you were going to get because you did something stupid. But now looking back at that, God did not want me to continue in those businesses. Mm-hmm. He had other things for me mm-hmm. to do. And every cent that I lost in those business was given back to me about seven years later. And I didn't really do a whole lot to get it. (laughs) So I left it for those seven years. And Mm. I didn't know what God was doing. 
I'd walk down the dirt road and I'd sing to God and wondering, when is this going to end? It did end. And when it ended, it ended spectacularly. I went from living in a 29-foot trailer to being in a 4,000-foot house virtually overnight as I was going over to do some ministry work in another country. There always is a time of preparation when God wants you to go and do something that's really important to him. You sit by the brook Cherith like Elijah did before you go to Mount Carmel. You have to get yourself prepared in your heart and soul in order to do something that God really thinks is significant. And so those seven years of being in the backside of the desert prepared me actually to be single-minded when he took me out of there. Yeah. I wasn't distracted by wanting to build more businesses. I wasn't thinking that I should go and finish my degree. I wasn't thinking about all these worldly things that tend to creep into your life so you can be successful. I would say, okay, what is the next step, Lord? And the Lord says, well, I want you to go over this country. I want you to go do this. So I did for the next 20 years on and off. And the thing is, when God is changing your direction, there's a lot less lufting if you just let him change your course. Mm. But if you resist him changing your course, then you're going to luft for some while, mm. sometimes a significantly longer time. Right. It's better to trust him and just do what he says when he says to do it and let God take possession of your life. He knows what you're going to face. He knows the improbability of what he's asking you. He knows that you're going to not be understood by those around you. He's got that. He's seen that millions of times. But he also sees the future. He Mm. knows what things will be. And he knows that if you allow him to do what he wants, that you'll end up in a better position very shortly that you never saw coming. And that's the essence of being spirit-led. We don't walk by sight. We walk by what God shows us in the spirit. We place our foot in the place that he wants by his spirit. We trust him for the next step, too. And as we trust for each step, we make a journey of faith. We make a pilgrimage of trust. And in that time, God blesses us mightily as we're doing his will. Right. And it's as we're going. It's as we're believing and as we're trusting. That's really true, that the more you resist what God is doing, the longer you luft. It's the resistance that causes the difficulty. I really learned that recently in my life, that when I think things need to go a certain way and God intervenes and says, no, I want you to go this way. I'm going to do this instead. For a long time, I would just tend to dig my heels in and say, no, 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 that's not what's supposed to happen. That's not the vision you showed me. That's not what I wanted to happen. But instead, I've learned that if I don't resist what God's doing and I say, I trust you, I want for my life what you want for my life, and I want to be your servant to do with me as you please, all of a sudden, my perspective changes, the circumstances change, my heart and my outlook changes, and I step into something beautiful that I could have never done if I had resisted what God was doing. It's the resistance that gives us the freedom to open the sails to the new direction and then go where the new direction is taking us. And trust me, the new direction is always better than where you came from. Especially if you have to go through a wilderness time, you can trust that when you get to where God is going, when that new wind catches your sails and takes you in that new direction of alignment with God, it's going to be blessing. It's going to be joy. It's going to be satisfaction. It's going to be beyond your wildest dreams about what you thought 
God had for your life. Very well put. I think that if you find yourself in a lufting situation where your sail is just batting back and forth and it's been doing that for some time, then what it would be good to do is figure out which direction God called you to go mm. and then go that direction as quickly as humanly possible. If you want to feel that strong, steady breeze in your sail and you want to be driven forward in the things of God, go back to where he said to go. Yeah. And let him direct your path. And that will cease the lufting. It may not be totally easy, but it's really a lot more easy than lufting. Lufting is uncertainty. Hmm. Lufting is disturbing. You want to know that you're going the way of God. And when that wind of the Holy Spirit has filled your sails and you feel that steady movement forward in the things of God, then all that anxiety, all that trepidation, all that wondering where you're going and what things will happen will just fade away because mm -hmm. the wind of God will be driving you forward as he wants to in the direction he foreordained. Yeah. And from what you've explained to me about lufting, it's like an instantaneous movement when suddenly the sails catch the wind the way they're supposed to and boom, you just go in that direction smoothly. A lot of times that's what we find is when we're in that lufting period, that wilderness time, if we're faithful and we continue steadfastly and we trust God and we do what he tells us to do, even if it doesn't make sense, we ask him to help us in our weaknesses and bring our burdens to him, there'll be a moment when everything shifts. I know that's what it was like for me. I spent years knowing that God was calling me to something and not knowing how I was going to get there and years travailing in prayer where I would just seek God and be before him every morning, seeking him, praying. And a lot of times I didn't know what I was praying for, but there was this deep cry of my heart and spirit for the things of God and to take me where he wanted to take me and to bring whoever was supposed to be involved into the picture. It was a difficult time because circumstances in my life were difficult at the same time, which was driving me more and more to God and driving me more and more to prayer. And I knew something was coming. I could sense it on the horizon. I could feel it in my spirit, but it was just this time of struggle and difficulty and asking God, when is this going to end? And him promising me over and over and over, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you. And not seeing that coming and not knowing how it was going to come. And then suddenly one day, boom, today's the day. I'm delivering you. And it was an almost overnight experience when everything shifted. God pulled me out of a difficult situation. He set me on the path that I was supposed to be on. There was some struggle and lufting as I made that transition, but then there was a place of healing and there was joy, there was satisfaction. And it was an almost an overnight instantaneous thing. To the outlookers who were looking in, they said, wow, this was just a spur of the moment thing. Really, it was not. It was years and years of prayer and the spirit moving and setting up situations and people. But when the time came and the door opened, boom, you just walk through it. And that's what you can expect from God, I believe, is when you're lufting, when you're in the wilderness, when you're seeking him and praying for deliverance or praying for resolution or just praying for what you know he's promised you, Keep your faith. Don't resist the way he's bringing you there because the way he's bringing you there may not be the way you're thinking he's going to bring you there. But when that time comes, boom, you're going to be delivered and there is joy on the other side. Amen. The good thing about lufting, as disconcerting as it may be, is that you're actually moving forward. Mm. Now, there's other people who have just taken down their sails and are drifting. That's a whole nother thing. I did that one time in a sailboat. It was a pretty big sailboat. I was just enjoying the summer weather. It was a beautiful day. It was warm. The breeze was nice. And I had just taken down the sails and me and the other persons were just laying on the deck of the boat. 
did that for a couple of hours. Beautiful, you know. What you think a movie should show people doing. <laughs> and then I just happened to look over the edge of the boat and I saw a starfish. I said, that's weird. We're in the middle of the ocean. How are we seeing starfish? Then I realized the starfish were on the bottom of the ocean. And I was about to go shipwreck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I got up. I started up the motor and I beelined out of there. But I was probably five minutes from being shipwrecked. And so drifting is not so good. Drifting, you don't know where you're going. You're just taken by the currents of life. Mm-hmm. And... You may be asleep and the the waters may be calm and you may be in imminent danger and you wouldn't even know it unless you look. So drifting is not a good thing. That's what castaways do. That's when people have no control of their lives whatsoever. They just drift. And sometimes they drift into catastrophic things. And so it's better to be trying to move in God than to just Mm. do nothing and drift. Mm -hmm. And if you've been drifting for years... You should really take a look overboard and see where you're at. Might be time to start up the engine and put up the sails and go back to where you're yeah, supposed to be. Exactly. Some people drift until they're very old. And by the time they start up the engines, there's nothing they can do. They're just there. And I've seen that so many times in people's lives where they come up to me and they say, you know, I was called to do this like 30 years ago. Wow. I tell them, well, no time like the present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'm so old. Well, it doesn't take a long time for God to accomplish what he wants in your life. Mm -hmm. If you yield your heart and your Mm -hmm. mind and your soul and your spirit to him, God can make up for all the years that the locusts have eaten. I would encourage you not to luft, but to change direction quickly. And I'd even more encourage you not to drift. Yeah. Because that can be catastrophic. And once you're on the sand shoal, it'll take either high tide or other boats to get you off. Yeah, and I think that's the temptation when we are lefting, is just give up, let go of the sails, and just drift. Take the sails down and say, forget it. I don't want to do this. I don't know what direction I should go. I'm just going to go with what feels easy. And a lot of times we just think, I don't want the resistance. I don't want the struggle. And we think that the drifting is what's going to give us peace, but it really isn't. It's a false peace because it only comes as a result of forsaking what God has asked us to do. And the real peace comes when we don't resist. We stay steadfast in moving toward what God wants and then allow him to move the wind and adjust the sails so we can get on that course as quickly as possible. Exactly. And there's another thing on the ocean. It's called the lighthouse. And when it's stormy and you're coming into a rocky shore or something, they have a lighthouse there to pierce the night with the strong lights that you'll know that you're coming into danger. So we're in an age of strong delusion. And what we need is a lighthouse Mm -hmm. so that we as individuals don't shipwreck on the rocks. This requires trust. And you need to build this trust now. And don't wait till you're almost going to shipwreck to discover a lighthouse. I mean, it's better late than never, yeah. But uh, you may or may not get out of there in one piece. I really advise everyone to start hearing the voice of God for yourself and start learning little by little to trust his voice and understand that when he speaks to you, he's not doing it idly. He does it for a reason. 
He always has a reason. He's not just doing it because he's bored. <laughs> he's talking to you because he wants to bless you. He wants the best for you. And if you listen to even his still small voice, then he can guide you off rocks that are coming. I've been reading the book of Revelation lately, and I really understand that the evil that is going to come is way beyond our understanding. Hmm. This is a malevolence born of hell. These people that execute this plan of Satan have given themselves to the Dark One. If you've ever seen Lord of the Rings with Mordor and Sauron, you think that's evil. That's child play to what these people are really doing. I was reading about Robespierre and the French Revolution. And it was very interesting. The guy originally didn't support capital punishment. He thought that was cruel, non-egalitarian. And by the time he seized power in France, they were guillotining hundreds of people a day. Mm. And they asked him, what, what changed your uh, philosophy? He says, well, times change. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, he eventually went under the guillotine too, and that's the only way that it stopped. And just when they thought they, they had peace and safety, who came along but Napoleon? And he started going out from France. And if they wouldn't have stopped him, he would have taken over the whole world. But the interesting thing with Robespierre is that he thought that they should abolish all the religion. So they did. They put all the priests in prison, and they made a new calendar, new holidays, hmm. and they made this new religion. And the religion was to worship a female deity of whom Robespierre would be the chief person that was interacting with that. Now, that was just strange. You know, at that point, people looked at him and says, okay, you're kind of off your rocker. Yeah. <laughs> and where this is all going is the abolishment of religion and the institution of a world religion focused on the worship of Satan. Hmm. however that comes to pass, however form that takes, that's where it's going. And you don't want to be a part of it. No, you don't. You want to hear God. You want to hear his voice. You want to have a light in this coming really, really bad darkness. They had a darkness in Egypt when God was judging them for not letting his people go that was so dark they couldn't even light a match and have it glow. You know, they couldn't even have a fire and get any heat out of it. The darkness was, you could feel it. Mm -hmm. And this is the darkness that's coming. But what God's doing now, he's telling you that the cure for strong delusion is strong revelation. You need to have the light of God burning in you so bright, it cuts through that supernatural darkness. And it illuminates what's really going on so you can make decisions based on God's will and not on the Antichrist's fear. Exactly. Yeah, fear is the primary tool that the enemy is using around the world right now. There's all kinds of ways that fear has been put into the world. I mean, it's been that way since the fall of man. Fear is what runs things, but especially now with the worldwide pandemic, there are people that I know that are so afraid yeah. of COVID that their lives have been completely paralyzed and they're driven by fear, their anxiety is up. Fear is never from God. Fear is 
the tool of the enemy to get you to do something to try to alleviate your anxiety. Fear is a way to control people. If you don't do this, this bad thing will happen to you. And you don't want the bad thing to happen to you, so you do what you're told. If you're being driven by fear, you're not being led by God. Exactly. Because the opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of fear is love. The opposite of fear is everything about God that makes him God. And when you're in the Spirit of God, being led by the Spirit of God, you don't have fear. There is no fear in perfect love. When you're living in the perfect love of God, you can move forward in faith. Even if you don't see and understand with your natural eyes and your natural mind what's happening or how you're going to get there, you can still move forward without fear. That can only happen when we're really close to God and connected to Him because it's the Spirit of love who is God Himself, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which is love, that enables us to transcend that fear and move in faith and not worry. And it's not something that you can understand. It's a peace and a love and a confidence that goes beyond understanding because the fear is coming from the enemy and its purpose of it is to drive you away from God into the stronghold that the enemy has set for you to keep you trapped, to keep you imprisoned, to keep you away from God and to keep you from being the vessel that God wants you to be to bring his light to this world. We are in such an important time in history where those who represent God, those who are the manifestation of Jesus in this world right now have got to do what God asks us to do. It's not one thing. We all have different things to do. And we can't tell you what it is that God wants you to do. But if you're hearing his voice, you will know what he wants you to do. And it's very important that we all do exactly what God asks us to do when he tells us to do it, because timing is imperative right now. And we need to be moving in the will of God, accomplishing God's purposes in the world right now. He wants to move on this earth through his people. That's the way he's designed it to work. And if we don't do what God wants us to do, then he's going to have to raise up the rocks to do what he wants to get done. But his primary way of moving in the world is through you. You're a believer. If you have him in your heart, he wants to move through you for your specific place and time right now. And it's very important that we hear him for ourselves and do what he wants us to do and transcend that fear and move forward in what God has. Transcending the fear means allowing the lufting until it's done trusting God and saying, okay, God, help me to not resist what you're doing and just take me where you want to take me and allow him to move you beyond the struggle to the victory that comes from living the life that he wants you to live. Exactly. There you said it, the life that he wants you to live. Our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price. And that price is the precious blood spilt for us by his son, Jesus Christ. And God has offered us a great salvation an opportunity to have fellowship with him, even though we don't deserve it. And God thought that was so important that he gave his only begotten son that some might be saved. Make no mistake about it. This is a choice between heaven and hell. If you follow Jesus, you're going to end up where he is, in paradise. If you follow Satan, you're going to end up where she is, in hell, the lake of fire, burning forever. And people don't like to hear that. You know, they say, well, you're just trying to curse me. No, we're just stating a fact. There is a hell and there is a heaven. We have been given the choice to choose through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we fail to avail ourselves with his amazing salvation, we lose everything. I don't care if you're a billionaire. You're going to lose it all. You're going to die and nobody's going to take it with them. You are at a crossroads right now to where you have to decide, do you want to go to heaven? I mean, personally, I do. I don't see any real reason 
for accumulating wealth on this earth other than to do God's will. As long as I have enough money to do the next thing that God wants Mm -hmm. me to do, I'm good. I'm not going to take anything with me. Consequently, I give everything to God because he's the one that's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. Yeah, it's not what you do, it's who you know. That's really true. That's really true. Our salvation is not based on what we do. It's just a acceptance of what God has done for us. Yeah. And it's not what you do because people that maybe they built hospitals and wiped out malaria and helped starving children and they've done all these good things. But if they don't know Jesus and he doesn't know them, it's never enough to get them into heaven. And so following him and hearing his voice and doing what he wants you to do and obeying him and accomplishing his will is a manifestation of the fact that we know him. When you do the will of God and you accomplish great things, you don't hold those before him and say, see, I did all these great things. What gets you into heaven is, above all, I knew you and you knew me. And the consequence of knowing God, the ultimate manifestation is going to be accomplishing the will of God. And there will be good that's accomplished, but that good without Jesus and his blood covering your sins won't get you anywhere. You know the difference between condemnation and conviction? Condemnation is this nebulous feeling that you're no good and there's no way to change it. So you just feel bad about yourself. But when God convicts you like he's doing right now, there's a very clear choice. He's convicting you that your life is not all it should be in him. He's convicting you that that thing he wanted you to do two years ago is now up again and you need to do it. He's convicting you to stop doing something that is obviously wrong. He gives you a clear notion of what you're doing wrong, and then he gives you a clear path to change it. It's called repentance. And if you're doing things that he doesn't want you to do, and he points to them, he doesn't condemn you like you're a terrible person. He just says, I want you to change. Go and sin no more. There's forgiveness. He'll love you but you got to change your direction. If you are led to say the sinner's prayer and to say, Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I want you to forgive my sins. I've messed up. I want to be a better person. I want to hear your voice. I want you to lead and guide me where you want to go. I'm willing now. God is faithful and just to forgive your sins yeah. and to cleanse you from all that unrighteousness. It's not a beat you over the head. It's an inquiry into your soul and saying, come, my son, I want you to come into my presence. I want you to come into my world. I want you to be my son. I want you to be cleansed, my daughter. I don't care what you've done. I just want you to go and sin no more. And that's about the tone he takes. Yeah. You know, if you're hearing this voice that's saying, you're a terrible sinner, you're a this and you're a that, and there's no redeeming you. It's not God's voice. No, it's not. God is loving, kind God who gives us an invitation. We're in the time now where he's offering an invitation to everybody. And it's our decision to accept that invitation. But his heart is loving and kind. He doesn't want to condemn you to hell because he hates you or he's mad at you. It's a choice that you make of your own accord that grieves him. God wants you to accept his invitation that he's given to the entire world. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he took care of the sins of the entire world for those who would accept him. 
And it's very easy from our perspective to walk into what God has. And your life is going to be so incredible when you get into alignment with what God wants. Don't let the enemy deceive you and tell you that what is going on is not lufting. What is going on is God telling you you're bad or it's it's showing you that your future is going to be horrible. Listen to the Spirit of God. And if he's showing you that this lufting is because he's moving you in a new direction, then release yourself to him and don't resist and allow him to turn your life so that you can catch the wind of the Holy Spirit and go where he wants you to go. Exactly. If you follow God's voice, it naturally tends towards blessing. It does. What God authors, he blesses. Yeah. And no matter what it seems to our natural minds, he intends good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing something right now that I frankly don't understand. This makes no earthly sense to me. But I'm doing it because I feel strongly led of the Holy Spirit to do it. And I just figure that somehow this works out. It's a walk of faith. You know, God does not give us the end from the beginning. No. That's what he knows. He just tells us the next step. And when we're faithful to do that, he just gives us the next step mm-hmm. by his Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the original internet. It's the way that God wanted to connect people. Talk about social networking. Mm. That was what God wanted for the Holy Spirit. But when we reject his Holy Spirit, what do we turn to? Well, we turn to Google. We ask Google, oh, Google, what wisdom can you tell me on this subject? Or Siri. Alexa, or whatever that is. (laughs) Instead of turning to a small round shape on your desk to ask what you need to know, why don't you start asking the original person who made everything, who knows everything, who knows the future even before we know it? Why don't you ask God? Yeah. Why not? Quit lifting. Take a direction. Even if it's not quite the right direction, you can always change direction Mm -hmm. later. God will come to you and he says, well, you didn't get this quite right. I want you to go over here. Right. He's pleased with your heart and your yeah. willingness to do what he wants you to do. So when you start moving forward, if you're going in the wrong direction, he'll, he'll direct you. And the truth is you can only steer a moving ship. If you're sitting at dock or you're just drifting some way and nobody's at the rudder and you're not moving, God can't take you in a certain direction because there's nobody at the helm. Right. You know, we're awash in information. It's called the information age. But we're also lost in this information. There's so much coming at us so fast that you would have to devote most of your waking hours to even understand one small part of it. And so what do you do? Well, you don't want to spend your whole life trying to understand. Why don't you just listen to the voice of the one who actually understands and can point you to the places that you should be in this information? The only place you will be safe is where God tells you Mm -hmm. personally to go. Mm -hmm. And that may be different for all of us. Yeah, it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. There's no community you're going to go to. There's no continent you're going to go to. There's no city that you should be in. The only place that you will find peace and safety with God is wherever he wants you to be. And you're going to have to be there contrary to what people are saying. That's right. That's right. I happen to be in the high desert in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) I'll be there until God tells me to be someplace else. And that someplace else may be in the middle of a city. And I'll say, but Lord, I've got this figured out. Trust me, my son. Mm -hmm. I've got this. And that's what we're telling you. Trust God. Right. 
and try to stop lufting. Just go to the direction that God wants you to mm-hmm. go. We don't know what that is. Mm-mm. Could be right, could be left. You do, though, when you hear his voice. That's right. And there's nothing better than allowing the wind of the Holy Spirit to just take you where God wants you to be. It really is a beautiful flow and a beautiful experience of God when you really experience him in that way. And it's a daily walk of trusting him without really seeing where you're going many times. Exactly. And as always, this is a smorgasbord of what God is saying in our generation. Take what you find profitable and leave Mm -hmm. the rest. There's a lot for everybody, and we want God to give you what you specifically need. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. God is good all the time, and that wraps up another edition of God's Love Club. You can help spread the word of God by playing it forward. Mm. If you know someone who could benefit from this message, please send a link to them now. Don't wait. Just do it. Have a great week and a blessed seven days. God is with you. Yes. The mere fact that you're listening to this is that you are a chosen vessel of God and he wants to communicate with you. And this is the primer for it. (laughs) And then you need to move on to the actual communication. And if you do that this week and you actually do what he asks, you're just going to see some pretty amazing stuff. Yes, you will. He's good and he has good things for you. Yeah. And bow yourself. Your redemption does draw nigh. That's right. This is Michael and Christy saying we love you and bye-bye. Bye.